Hi, everyone. Susie O here. Just want to let all of you know that the certificates of deposit at Alliant Credit Union are now at, for a six-month CD, 5%, a 12- to 17-month CD, 5.15%, and an 18- to 23-month CD, 4.90%. And for those amounts of $75,000 or more, just add on 0.5% to those rates. Go to myalliant.com and check it out. All right, Susie, KT, are you ready for today's podcast? Yeah, Robert, of course we're ready. Because we are unstoppable. Yeah. Yeah, baby. <laughs> I put my armor on, so you are strong I am. I put my armor on, I'll show you that I am. February 15th, 2024. Welcome, everybody, to the Women & Money Podcast, as well as everybody smart enough to listen. This is the Ask KT and Susie Anything Podcast. So, Susie, how are you doing? What do you mean, KT? Oh, yeah. I'm actually not okay. She's sad. We're all sad, everybody. America's sad again. Yeah. It's so... Oh, so my. she's asking that because we had a whole we, we were so excited for today's podcast. And sadly, what happened yesterday on Valentine's Day, while we're celebrating madly in love, so excited from Sunday's Super Bowl to Valentine's Day to talking to all of you this morning. And it's like, what? So what, what KT is talking about? is that obviously, you know by now, there was a mass shooting at the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl celebration. And for me, I was actually watching it on my little iPhone because there weren't any major channels on TV that were covering the parade and everything. So I went, I know, I'm going to watch it on a Kansas City channel, right? And so I did, and I was watching it, and I was watching Mahomes walk down and say hi to everybody, got off the bus, and everybody was so happy to see him, and he went from one side to the other, and then you saw Chris Jones talking to people, and there were all these reporters that were talking to all the players that were walking down the street, and they all took their position on the platform, and it was so great so great, so joyous. They were so happy, happy, happy so happy. happy. And then you could sense something had happened. You didn't know what it was. All the reporters that had been interviewing the players as they were walking down the streets were saying, wait, something has happened. We don't know what's happened. All the police are running somewhere because you couldn't really hear the gunshots. They kind of, they kind of sounded like firecrackers. It was way in, it was in the distance. And then all of a sudden, you knew something had happened, and it was at the very end of it, and everybody leaves and everything, and then the announcement comes out that there was a mass shooting. And 
What it reminds me of, KT, which is also why I'm sad, mm. is it isn't just that that happened. It's that a few minutes before that happened, you had maybe up to a million people that were celebrating, that were so happy that they were there with their young kids. They had the day off of school. Everything was as perfect it could possibly be. And then many, many people now are injured, and, and, you know, whatever it may end up being. And so that makes me think about life and how instantaneously life can change in a second because of somebody else's actions. And then that brings me back to, do you all have a will? Do you have a trust? Have you taken all of that really seriously? And I don't know really what it would take to get you all to take it seriously when you see the things that happened that day. And that day wasn't just the shooting, KT, was it, at, no. at Kansas City. It was also... Also, February 14th, Valentine's Day. It's the anniversary of the Marjorie Stone and Douglas High School yeah. here in Florida. In Where Parkland. 17 kids were killed oh my six goodness. years ago, a few days ago. You know, there was there was a shooting at Joel Olstein's church. I know church. the church. Um, and, unbelievable. And we can go on and on and on. We need so, to just get rid of the guns. So the real question is, isn't it time, everybody? Isn't it really time that the gun laws have changed? And it's really important that every single one of us, whether you're listening to this now, whether it's me, KT, Mahomes, Kelsey, every single one of us needs to start to get behind the laws that change gun laws forever so that these mass shootings stop. And it's just that simple. So I am sad. And the truth is, all of us should be sad. But from sadness, hopefully, change, true change, will happen, not only with the gun laws, but in your own lives, to make sure that you have the paperwork in place today to protect your tomorrow's. KT, are you ready? I'm ready, Susie. Let's get on with it. Ask me your first question, girlfriend. So Susie, I picked this one from Joseph to start with because he needs a little TLC in, in my opinion. Why did I give him a slap down? No, but listen to this. All right. It's really short, everybody, but I, I just felt like he needs a hug. Hi, Susie. Why do I not feel empowered with my money? I'm 39 years old. I have $122,000 in assets, including a nine-month emergency fund. I have no credit card debt. I own my car outright. I own a condo and I put a down payment on it of $40,000 in 2021. But my issue is I'm scared of taking risks. So do you have any tips? He's asking if you have tips. Why do you think he's so, you know, down and out about his money? We usually are afraid to take risks with our money because we know how much money means to us. We've worked hard for it. 
We're willing to invest it. We're willing to buy a home. We're willing to do that which we know about when it comes to money. When it's simple, we know to save it. We know to do those things. And we don't get afraid to do those things. Even like in our 401k plan, we're saving it, but we are investing it in mutual funds. And that's what everybody else does. So there's not a lot of fear in that. But when we come out of that wheelhouse, the wheelhouse of buying a home, the wheelhouse of investing in a retirement account at work, and we have to invest our money on our own. We feel like that's too risky. Like we're not part of a big group. We're just doing it all on our own. And what type of an account should we have? And if we do open a Roth IRA, what should we invest it in? And there's just so many things. And really the truth about it, everybody, is that when you don't know what to do, you get afraid. And when you get afraid, you just don't do it. And so if you like to save, if you like to play it safe, I totally get, Joseph, why you would be afraid to take a risk. Because everything else financially has worked so well for you. You see it growing, but yet you just can't take that one last step of just going for it because you're afraid you may lose. So here's what I suggest to everybody that feels like that. And Joseph, you are not alone here. It's the same way when I was younger and I would go to the beach in Chicago and go into Lake Michigan, which was always freezing. You first go up to your ankles and then you go up to your knees and then you go to your thighs. And before you know it, you're in and you're used to it. The same is true with investing when you're not exactly sure what to invest in. Let's say you have $10,000 to invest. You don't have to invest all 10000 at once. Pick an amount of money, whether it's $1,000, $100, $50. It doesn't matter anymore, given the fact that you can now buy slices of stocks at discount brokerage firms. So if a stock is $1,000 a share, you can buy $10 worth of it. So maybe pick five different stocks, buy $10 each in each one. And just see how that feels. See if it grows. See if it all of a sudden goes down. See how you feel if it goes down. And all of a sudden you'll find, oh, they're going up. I'm making good money. Oh, maybe I need to put a little bit more in. And then if they're good picks and everything, it goes right you'll get used to it. You'll get used to the ups and the downs, just like what happened this week when the market went down on Tuesday, then essentially it kind of came back on Wednesday. It didn't roar back, but it absolutely kind of came back so that all of a sudden then you're like, oh, it goes down and then it comes up and you get used to the waves of the financial ocean. And then you happen to feel comfortable in it. The more you learn about it, the more you listen to this podcast, the more that you watch shows like CNBC, and you just get used to the verbiage and how it works, you're going to find sooner than later, you're not going to be afraid to take a risk. It's really just that simple. 
I just have to remind everybody again and again and again. I was still a waitress till the age of 30, making $400 a month. And look at me now. Nobody taught me about money. You know, I didn't inherit money. Money wasn't supposed to be part of this equation. But I learned the language of wealth. And the language of wealth is the language of you have what it takes to learn. You have what it takes to own the power to control your destiny. You can learn everything that you need to know about investing your money, learning about the stock market, how it works, how you take the risk out of it by dollar cost averaging. Just learn the language of wealth. And then you'll also learn the language of self. Wow, Susie, that's great. Did I just impress you? You did. That has got to go in my book of Susieisms because that was a great one. So that's a ding, ding, ding for me. All right, Katie, next question. So this next one is from Lynn. And she said, Oh, you picked it because that's your sister's name. No, 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 because of this, I picked it. Dear wonderful KT and Susie, I'm looking forward to another year of listening to you too. I have recently updated my husband's and my living revocable trust. Although I'm unsure of how to proceed about a house we just bought in October, we have just started this 30-year mortgage and need to ask, should this house be listed on the trust now for my daughter, who is only two years old? to eventually inherit, be the beneficiary of, or should this house be paid off first, then be listed on the trust to the benefit of my daughter? Mm. Two years old, Susie. Tell Lynn how to do it. Yeah, this two-year-old would be able to invest this money and know what to do with this house (laughs) and be able to make decisions about it. Should she pay it off sooner than later? My dear Lynn. What you need to understand is one of the main reasons that you created a living revocable trust is for the benefit of your daughter if something happened to you and your husband. Why? Because minors cannot inherit money. Think about it. You could leave your daughter all the money in the world, but she's two years old. She doesn't even know what to do with a pacifier unless you tell her what to do with it. So what really has to happen here is you do absolutely need to put this house in trust because you absolutely want it to bypass probate. But you also need to obviously set up a guardian, a guardian for your daughter as to who's going to take care of her if both you and your husband are killed, for instance, in a car crash. So you have to think like that. KT and I always think about, all right, we're on an airplane, we both go down together, who gets what, who does what, how does it work? You just have to think that way, especially if you have a minor child. So the first question is, who is going to be the guardian? Because if you do not appoint a guardian and a guardian is actually appointed via your will, then probate court will absolutely appoint a guardian for you. It will be called probate guardianship. You don't want that. You want somebody who really cares about your daughter and takes care of her. Within the trust, it would probably be the same person 
as to who you want to be successor trustee, which means who succeeds you if both you and your husband were to die. And it's in there that you would actually leave directions as to how you want that money invested, when the daughter is to get that money, and all of those things. So no, do not wait. Do it now. Good. Now, next question is from Erin. Taking your advice, I've been dollar cost averaging a monthly amount into my 2023 Roth. I have cash available for a full 2024 payment, and I'm considering making a lump sum payment into one of the Magnificent Seven stocks Uh, since they've been doing so well. Why do you go... Huh. I'll tell you. In a second. All right. yeah. I have a few of these seven tech stocks already, and I'm weighing in whether waiting to do a monthly payment is better or to contribute the entire eight thousand now that they continue to climb. So, Susie, don't you want to ask me if I remember what the magnificent seven stocks are? I guess you want me to. <laughs> Everybody, listen. So to wait. Me. So the, this wait, is the a mere big deal. fact that she wants me to ask her something means she wants to hear a ding, ding, ding because she already knows the answer. So let me play along with you, KT. KT, <laughs> do you want this to be your quizzy? Do you happen yeah. to? Yeah. Yeah. You do. Yes. Right, KT, what are the seven magnificent stocks? Ready? Apple, Nvidia, Tesla. Microsoft, Amazon, Meta, and Alphabet. She's doing this on her fingers, everybody. And how do you happen to remember them? Because when we first learned about them, you told me, I can give you a a, a clue of how to remember. Aunt Mama. Aunt spelled A-N-T, not A-U-N-T. Aunt Mama. Because your aunt, your auntie. Are you ready? Yeah. Ding, 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 (laughs) ding. There you go. Now can I answer answer this question? question? All right. Aaron, the reason that I keep sighing is KT was reading that question, is that I want all of you, and I'm going to respond to all of you here as if you all asked this question, because I'm sure you all thought it at one time or another. What would have happened if on Monday of this week, just a few days ago, you had decided to go in 100% into one or two or three or all of the Magnificent Seven. Monday was an okay day. Everything was great on Monday. Then go back and look at what happened on Tuesday. And let's say you bought on Monday, you would have been obliterated on Tuesday. So you have to know that you don't know that everything's going to continue to go straight up or straight down. You have no idea what's really going to happen because this is the stock market made up of people and people are unpredictable. Therefore, you have to continue to dollar cost average. Now, if you had been smart and let's say Tuesday had happened, you would have gone in on Tuesday and dollar cost average averaged into whatever it was that you wanted to buy. Let's say you had $10,000 that you wanted to invest. So maybe you would have gone in and invested $2,000 on Tuesday. I can tell you on Tuesday in Colo's account, I absolutely went in and I bought more of the stocks that I love 
for him. And I was actually so happy that the market was down so much on Tuesday because it allowed me to buy more. So regardless of where it went on Wednesday and today, wherever it goes, doesn't matter. I bought more of what I wanted. And if these markets crash, I'll continue to buy more. If these markets had continued to go up, I also would have bought a little more of what I really wanted to own. So you have to dollar cost average. It's really as simple as that. Next question is from Elba. Dear Susie, I love... Wait, you just picked one with just my name? Yes, it's Dear Susie. Oh, you're so sweet. (laughs) It says, Dear Susie, I love your apps, do's and don'ts cards. Tell people what that is on the app. I wonder, they might even still be on the Women and Money Community app, or maybe I took them off. But with one of my programs, I had the do's and don'ts of money when it came to buying a home, buying a car, retirement plans, investing, things like that. Because I found out that a long time ago that it was more important to tell you what not to do than to tell you what to do. And as long as you didn't do certain things, you wouldn't make mistakes with your money and you'd be okay. All right. And this one has to do with cars. I wonder if you might consider, Susie, an exception on the no lease rule. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. Well, wait a minute. Listen to this. Listen to the Mm-mm. full. Mm-mm. Wait, listen to it. Mm-mm. I have my financial house in exceptional order oh. to carry me through age 99, thanks to listening to you for decades. And I can afford a very expensive car but it's an electric car. Therefore, Susie, I want to lease for three years and then buy one, by which time it will likely come down in price and increase in technology quality. I believe I will lose less by leasing. Since I can afford it, is it okay to lease in this case? There you go. And then she says, she answers, you are amazing. Oh, is she trying to butter me up? What do you think about that? Here's what I I think. I mean, it kind of makes sense, right? Well. Can you bend the rules? Sure. With somebody who has money that will last till 99. Yeah, she's in great financial shape. here's the other thing I just want to say when it comes to, especially a woman today, and especially maybe if the woman happens to be older, there's something about having a brand new car that makes them feel secure, KT. They don't want to break down on the highway. They want to make sure that they have the latest safety Mm -hmm. mechanisms. And sometimes purchasing a car for just three years and then trading it in isn't worth it either. Mm -hmm. The concept being, especially if you don't have a lot of money, buy a car finance it for three, four years at most now, and then keep it for 10 or 12 years. So you don't have any more payments. But if you are somebody who feels safer, and they want a new car every three years, you are a woman and you are older and you want that security, and you have more than enough money to last you, Mm-hmm. till your dying days most likely, but then you never know when you might live past 99. And it makes you feel secure, which is the goal of money, to lease a car. Oh my God, you are a 
approved. Ding, ding, to ding, do ding, ding, so. ding, 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 ding. There are <laughs> exceptions to the rule, but not many. But that's only because you have more money than you need. Okay. Okay. Next is from Rose. I love that name. I always like that name. A rose, rose is a rose is a rose. How did no, that go? You know what? I like the name Rose. Why? Wasn't that the name of her in the Titanic? Oh, that I don't remember, Katie. Yeah, I like the name Rose. All right. So, hello, Susie and KT. I am a 55-year-old single female. I work hard, and I do it all on my own. I currently contribute 10% of my income to my 401k Roth with a 6% match from my employer. I used to contribute 12%, but just lowered my contribution in 2024 to help pay off credit card debt. I currently have about $7,000 in credit card debt for which I pay an average of 18%. Is it a good idea to borrow from my employer's 401k to pay off all or some of my credit card debt? Now, KT, that was a lot like last week's question. But you know the main difference? The main difference was last week, the person wanted to pay off their credit card debt from money outside of a retirement account, but in the investments, should they sell the investments they have. This one wants to take money out of her 401k to pay off $7,000 of debt. Now you heard how I answered it last week. Here's the next pop quizzy. What would you tell this person? Yes or no? No. Why? If she has a good FICO score, she should look into consolidating this credit card debt. And doing a balance transfer. And doing a balance transfer. And why else not? You don't want to mess up your employer's 401k. You're Roth. It's a Roth. She's yes. going to have to pay taxes. No, on it. not necessarily, but pretty good, KT. Ding, 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 ding. I'll give you a ding, ding. I'll give you a ding, a ding, a ding, a ding, a ding. So here's the thing you need to understand. It is probable that we're really at this point in time in a great, great economy. And all indications are that the market could absolutely continue up. So I don't want you to borrow from your employer's 401k plan. Because remember, any loan that you take from your employer if God forbid you lose your job, you have to quit or whatever, usually is due and payable within that month. Now, you have a Roth retirement account, so it really wouldn't be that bad. But I don't want you to take money out of a Roth retirement account right now, given what is very possible to happen in the markets over the next year. Now, maybe we're wrong and maybe it will go down. So with only about $7,000 of credit card debt, I would much rather see you do a balance transfer at a 0% interest rate. Again, if you have a good FICO score or contact nfcc.org, N like in Nancy, F like in Francine, C like in crazy, see like in cool.org <laughs> and talk to them about possibly consolidating all of your credit card debt to a 0% interest rate, paying them, they pay it off and there you go. But no, it's not a good idea to ever take money out of any retirement account to pay off 
an unsecured debt. Got that? Okay. I picked the next one, Susie, because this this is from Rachel. Rachel, I think, may be the perfect match for Joe, which is our first question of today's podcast. Oh, now you're being a matchmaker? Yes, I am. You ready, everybody? You tell me if I'm good up with this one. Hi, Susie. I just finished my Excel spreadsheet that I used to document my spendings and savings. Overall, I saved 42% of my AGI. Adjusted gross income. Right. My problem is, though, why doesn't it feel like I'm doing enough? So so you mean a good emotional match with the same problem? Yeah. Because we don't know anybody's sexuality here. Okay, go on, KT. Okay, ready? My income is hourly and dependent on the number of hours I work at the hospital. My goal has always been to be paid for an 80-hour pay period, but it isn't always possible, largely due to burnout. I fear I'm developing an unhealthy relationship or view with my money or feel limited by it, and I don't like that feeling. I want to be happy knowing I'm doing what I know and the best that I can without sacrificing the fun of being young because getting old isn't always a guarantee. It's because she's a nurse and she mm-hmm. sees it. She sees How it. old is she? She's 27. Joe was 39. I thought maybe they could talk to each other. <laughs> Seriously. You know, it's not a bad idea, KT, that right? somewhere we start a group. Yeah, right? that's like group therapy. Yeah, group that therapy. everybody gets share to talk your, about each other. Share and your each fears. Thing. She has financial fears like him, but you what know, would I, you tell Rachel? Well, there is a course, you know, that I have, KT, which is Overcoming Your Fears. Mm. And... Because fears, my dear Rachel, about money, I'm going to tell you exactly the same thing I kind of said to Joe, which is if you feel like you have an unhealthy relationship with your money, and money is simply a physical manifestation of who you are, what that says to me is that you have an unhealthy relationship with yourself. You know, I can relate to this. Because if you remember my story growing up, that the reason I thought my parents were so unhappy is because they didn't really have any money. And I really grew up believing, oh, if I just had money, I would be happy. I would feel great. Everything would be good. And then 1980, I'm hired by Merrill Lynch. And before you know it, I'm making $120,000, $200,000 a year, and I'm still miserable. So then the question was, well, if money isn't the key to happiness, what is? And that's when I started on this journey of having to look within to see why I am doing without happiness, even though I have money. So just maybe if you have what it takes to save 42% of your adjusted gross income, and you still feel that you have an unhealthy relationship with your money. I want you to write down the things that you don't like about yourself. Forget about money, that you don't like about yourself. Do you not like the fact that you're afraid to go out to eat once a week? Are you afraid to go on a vacation? What are you afraid about and what don't you like about yourself? Then what I want you to do is just pick one of those things, one of them, and I want you to do it. I want you to try it. I want you to see how that feels. 
And we can then go from there. You know, you might want to take a look into my book, The Nine Steps to Financial Freedom, and about money memories, or again, the course that I just talked about that pretty much is on the Women and Money app on the Suzy shop there, and go through those exercises. And I can promise you, you will uncover that the problem isn't with money, isn't about the fear of money, isn't about not getting appreciation about money. It starts with not having appreciation of how really incredible you are. Well, those were two interesting ones that you right? picked, Rachel Joe and Rachel, Joe. to begin. They have similar... Those were like bookends. Yeah. And all. You know, we also talked about Philomena and her two boys, right? Mm-hmm. But as being a nurse and how she really wanted to help financially all these other nurses... And then here we have Rachel, who's also a nurse Mm -hmm. and who wants to work, work, work Mm -hmm. so she can make more money. Or does she really want to work, work, work to help more people? Who knows? Mm -hmm. Right. But it's interesting that when you do work as a nurse and you see reality, the hardcore reality of life every single day and how fragile it is, it sometimes shapes you with what you do and you don't do. and she's 27 years old. She gets burned out. Of course she does. Right? Right, but it's just to all the nurses out there. We love you. We love you. We need you. We need you. Both KT and I can tell you, we appreciate you more More than you have any idea. Any idea. You've been my lifesavers many times. Me too. And yeah, you did have to save KT as well for me, right? Just keep doing your work. Keep loving who you are. And I have no doubt that one day you'll always have more than you need financially to take care of yourself. So until Sunday for another Susie School, there's only one thing that we want you to remember when it comes to your money, and that is people first. And again, that is on some level exactly what this podcast was about today. Mm -hmm. Self-worth, self-worth, self-worth. Then what happens, KT? Then money. Then what happens? Then you have what it takes to buy things. things. And all right. So until then, you remain unstoppable. I'm unstoppable. I'm a buzzer with no brakes. I'm invincible. Yeah, I win every single game. Mine's so powerful. I don't need batteries to play. I'm so confident, yeah, I'm unstoppable today, unstoppable today, unstoppable today, unstoppable today, yeah, I'm unstoppable today. Neither Susie Orman Media nor Susie Orman is acting as a certified financial planner, advisor, a certified financial analyst, an economist, CPA, accountant, or lawyer. Neither Susie Orman Media nor Susie Orman make any recommendations as to any specific securities or investments. All content contained in this podcast is for informational and general purposes only and does not constitute financial accounting or legal advice. You should consult your own tax, legal, and financial advisors regarding your particular situation. 
Neither Susie Orman Media nor Susie Orman accepts any responsibility for any losses which may arise from accessing or reliance on information in this podcast. And to the fullest extent permitted by law, we exclude all liability for loss, damages, direct or indirect, arising from the use of this information. The must-have documents discussed in this podcast are legal documents created by a lawyer and distributed by Hay House.